You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Yep. Matt Hayes, Brandon Bean from 97.1, the fan in Columbus, Ohio. Beamer, we've made it to Friday, here, which man. means we are only one day away from the, is it the biggest game on the schedule or just the most hype game on the schedule? Biggest game in the non-conference. Sure. For sure. Fair to say. And you know, when it's the first game of the season with a lot of hype surrounding it, yeah, you could say it's the biggest game on the schedule because then once you get past this game, the next game becomes the biggest game on the schedule. And you look down week five matchup with Penn State, that becomes big. Get past them, then Michigan State becomes the big one. Then Michigan. Like, this is how it works. So, yeah, as of right now, this is the biggest game on the schedule because you can't realize your hopes and dreams of being a national champion for the Scarlet and Gray if you don't get past the Horned Frogs. Right. This is huge. I mean, this all offseason, this was the big one. Gary Patterson, obviously no Urban Meyer, but two of the uh, best coaches of the last decade plus easily. Potentially squaring off. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but Ryan Day has his team rolling through two games, and this is going to be a big test for Ryan Day as well. I'm sure he has been you know, prepping away like crazy because also he knows, Beam, this is the last showing for him as a head coach. And sure. if he comes out, and if you can take down Gary Patterson as an interim head coach, that's going to do dividends for him. I already believe that at the end of this year, teams are going to come a call and again for Ryan Day. I mean, we knew the Titans were kind of after him a little bit. Vrabel wanted him to join him on his staff in the AFC South, and there were some other college team interested. So if he can come out and continue to put up a nice offensive play-calling scheme, game plan for Dwayne Haskins in this offense, it's only going to do a lot of good things for Ryan Day. So tomorrow night, it's going to absolutely be jumping 8 o'clock down in Jerry's world. Make sure you get to a TV screen and watch this game because I think it's going to be must-see TV. It's going to be the first time being that we see the Buckeyes go up against somebody that's going to get into the ring and punch back a little bit more than the first two weeks. They've got a little more punch back than Rutgers and Oregon State does. And exactly what you said about Ryan Day, it's his biggest job addition that he's ever had. You know, it's his biggest job interview in the career of Ryan Day. You get the keys flipped to you of a 750-horsepower Ferrari that's been parked in the driveway, and it's just been circling around the neighborhood. Right. All right? Now you go down to Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium, 8 o'clock against a top 15 team, a team that only is in the company of five other teams in college football when it comes to being ranked in the top 10 three out of the last four years. Yep. Those other teams are Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Alabama. Wow. And the other one is TCU. Wow. So you get flip the keys to that. You know exactly what your car can do, yeah. but you have to be the one that drives it. And no you doubt. have to navigate... You have to navigate the streets. Maybe there's going to be some road closures in the game. Maybe there's going to be some detours. But at the end of the game, you'll see exactly what I believe that Ryan Day is capable of as a head coach. Because think about it. This is a team who comes into the season. And we talked to Tim May yesterday yep. the Columbus Dispatch. And he was the one who said it, that this 2018 team is more, I don't, want to, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but has more depth 
and is equally as talented as the 2014 team. And look at that team. was is littered Ridiculous. with NFL players. Look at what they're doing in the league, too, now. Exactly. Right. They are dominating. Right. And sorry, just to bring it up, because Nick yeah. Bosa, we played the clip from him yesterday, sure. and he said that he thinks this is the best Ohio State team he's played on. And so I think some people are sleeping on a little bit of a giant here just because of the first two opponents, and I get that. That's totally fair. But I mentioned Ryan Day and how big this is for him. I also think this is huge for Dwayne Haskins because I'm sure there's some people out there, Beam, that are kind of like, eh, is this cat for real? And I think we believe that he is for real, but I think nationally some people are waiting to say, you know what, let's see what he can do against a Gary Patterson-led defensive team. This kid is young. He's played in a handful of games in his entire career, Mm -hmm. and now we're going to see him on the bright lights on a huge stage in Jerry's house. What can this kid do? I happen to think he's going to play really well, but I'm sure there's some people outside of Columbus, outside of the Midwest market that aren't really true believers in Dwayne Haskins. Well, sure they are, because look at – Look at the competition that he's right. played. Of course. You know, the guy's got 538 touch or 530 well, 538 touchdown passes would be unbelievable would be through the first two games. <laughs> but he's got 538 yards throughout the first two games yep. of the season. He's got nine touchdown passes and everybody in Columbus and is a that is an Ohio State fan, you are so excited to watch Dwayne Haskins play and we've been following this team through the offseason, Matt. Uh, we've been through the fall, through the spring, yeah. everything about it. We know that what Dwayne Haskins can do. There were a, a lot of people saying that he should have been playing over JT Barrett last year, who was statistically the best quarterback in Big Ten history. Yep. And when you have this guy, and there's a lot of hype surrounding him, you think as a Buckeye fan, and you just believe that this is the guy who is breaking the mold for an Ohio State oh, offense. No. But if you're not in this circle, right. and if you're not an Ohio State fan, yep. and you're looking at this team with skepticism, you're saying to yourself, Ryan Day, they're without their expert motivator and head coach, yes. Urban Meyer. They're down in Texas, 40 minutes away from the campus of TCU, and they have played absolute softballs in their first no two doubt. weeks. And I think that's fair, because if, yeah, if it was flipped, we'd be saying the same thing about a team that we were playing, where they're getting a ton of hype, and we know they haven't played sure. anybody yet. So I think that's fair to, to bring that up. I had a quick nugget for you, and I think you're going to like this, okay. Bean. I brought this up because I did some digging on TCU and Ooh, Ohio State. Get in here. there. <laughs> Ohio State is the first... Big team, Big Ten team to throw five touchdown passes in consecutive games since Purdue in 2004. Guess who was their quarterback? Drew Brees. No. Kyle Orton. Your guy. Kyle Orton was their Mm -hmm. quarterback who was drafted by Beams Bears in 2005. So this offense right now is clicking on a historical level. I don't think it's going to change much against this TCU Horned Frog team. Now let's dive into this game being kind of some things you're really interested to watch. One thing that I want to get your take on, because I thought it was interesting, we did find out that because of Sean Robinson's dual threat ability at practice here at Ohio State, it's been Tate Martell, which we handed on earlier in the week. We were expecting that. And also Jalen Gill, true freshman, kind of an H-back player, um, very athletic guy. Those guys have been playing the role of Sean Robinson in practice this week. And I think that's so valuable because you can't have a guy back there like Dwayne Haskins playing against your first-team defense because your defense will be on their heels like crazy if they don't have a, at least a week of practice of a guy that can wiggle out of the pocket like Sean Robinson can. So, no, I think that's very valuable stuff to have Tate there and Jalen Gill giving them good reps and good looks of what Sean Robinson could bring to the table. I think the biggest thing that inferior teams face is not being able to practice certain things uh, when they go full speed on Tuesday and Wednesday in practice, when you have, you know, like let's just take Western Kentucky, for example. All right. 
Western Kentucky doesn't have the athletes that Ohio State has. Yes. They get ready to go into a big game. They don't have the athletes. They don't have the recruits to be able to replicate an offense like TCU's. But here at Ohio State, they do. Yep. All right? You want to talk about there's a true quarterback on the roster with Tate Martell, who actually plays the position and plays it like Sean Robinson does, right. where you know he can bust it up the gut, he can exactly. throw you, he can, he can kill you every which way you look. But then, not only are they using Tate Martell on the scout team and Tate Martell uh, to dial up this TCU kind of offense, they're using a Westerville product, a Columbus native, mm-hmm. Jalen Gill, to really accentuate how fast Sean Robinson is going to be. Because you can you imagine getting out there on Saturday and you had Jalen Gill running around all week at practice, even if Sean Robinson is one step slower it's gonna than Jalen Gill. That is going exactly. to help you. Iron sharpens iron. And I'm thrilled that Ohio State has been doing this all week. They have the elite athletes. They have the great recruits that come in there, and they're able to replicate any style of play yeah. that they're going to go against on their schedule. Sean Robinson, through the first two games, 10 carries, 112 yards, 3 TDs. So it is definitely a weapon for them. So, Beam, I, I just really think defensively we hit on it big time yesterday. We played some Nick Bosa clips about containing on the outside. And this is a guy that we know when things break down because I think this defensive line is going to be getting after the TCU offensive line, who Greg Schiano said is a really good offensive line. Now, I don't know if that's just coach speak or respect type sure, thing. I don't know. But he knows in the back of his mind he's got some absolute monsters coming off that defensive front. So he's got to feel good about that matchup. The thing is, when Sean Robinson does get to the second level every once in a while, can that corner, can that safety, whoever that linebacker is, tackle him immediately? And that's been my big thing all week is tackling in space because yeah, they're too, going, man. they are going to try to get the ball out so quick. I mean, Sean Robinson, his passes per attempt right now are about six yards. So what does that tell you? Everything that we've been talking about. They are not going to let this pass rush beat him. They're going to get these corners out there, quick slants, curls, whatever it is. So our corner safeties tackling is paramount beam they have to wrap these cats up and get them to the turf immediately tomorrow night and that's been a huge thing for Ohio State over the years is learning how to form tackle and breaking down in space because it's so easy uh, when you're guys like Damon Arnett or Jordan Fuller to get a full head of steam and want to just absolutely knock someone's head off right you know it's so easy to think that but you can't do that against these horn frogs. You have to break down in front of them, and you have to make sure that you don't get embarrassed in open space. Another big thing that I'm looking at, if you flip it around to the Ohio State offensive side of the ball, is that with TCU playing this 4-2-5 defense, yep. you got five defensive backs, you got that one kind of floater between uh, linebacker and linebacker and safety, mm-hmm. cornerback, whatever you want to, whatever you want to do with that. My big thing is that. Are we going to see a bust-out tight end game from Rashad oh. Berry uh, and Farrell? Because I'm thinking— I love Rashad Berry. I, yeah, and I do too. Started out playing defensive right. line, they moved him to he tight looks end. looks like a freak. I'm just thinking that if you start the game and you start to run, they start creeping people up, and then you go with the air-it-out attack, they start then moving people back. Right. That creates such havoc for linebackers yep. on play-action passes— and it's so easy to lose a tight end that has been blocking 
the whole game, yes. who is not running routes. And I think we could see that this weekend where we dial up some tight end I, plays for big games. No, I love that being the middle of the field. I think you can do some yeah. damage in there. And what you're going to look for is obviously with the 4-2-5, like Beam just mentioned, the fifth DB is kind of like a DB slash linebacker yeah. hybrid rule. He'll be down in the box. He'll cover some tight ends. He'll cover some slot guys. Elite athlete. So he's an elite athlete. So he'll see Paris Campbell. He'll see KJ Hill yeah. in the slot. So yesterday on Carpenter and Rothen, right here on 97.1, the fan, which you can catch from noon to three, Monday through Friday, uh, they talked to Mac Engel, who covers TCU football for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. We want to play a couple clips from that interview as we get some insight onto what he thinks about this matchup. Here's his uh, overall take on what he expects tomorrow. TCU's pretty good. They're a good team. And I think that at the end of the Big 12 race, they'll be in it. But I don't think that they're a team that can just match up with Ohio State. So in order to win it and be in it, they're going to have to make some a couple of crazy plays, probably get some turnovers on their end of the field. Uh, so that'll give them a short field and, and just outplay them. I, I think they're going to have to do some things where Ohio State uh, makes some mis- makes some mistakes, some boneheaded mistakes, and they and they don't get away with things because I think if you match them up. Ohio State matches up with anybody, and TCU just doesn't match up with Ohio State. So this is a guy that sees this team all the yep. time, Beam. He's being very honest and objective about uh, this matchup, and he's letting you know that obviously Ohio State is the more talented team, and it's going to take a pick six. It's going to take a, a ridiculous fumble at the wrong time for TCU to pull this thing out. And I've happened to kind of feel this way all week long, Beam, because the way Ohio State recruits, they have so much more depth than what TCU does. TCU does get a handful of good recruits every once in a while, but it's nowhere near the caliber of uh, talent that Ohio State gets. So it's going to take something crazy like that, a big kickoff return from TCU to the house, pick six fumble for them to really pull this thing off. You heard from a guy right there who covers the team. I just am such a believer if you're in a closely contested ball game and you head to the second half with a lot of momentum – that anything can happen. Right. You throw everything out the window. You throw the prior games out the window. You throw talent level out the window. When you get into a second half of a college football game where you have one team coming in as not the heaviest favorite in the world, but a decent favorite, Sure, you have them coming in. If TCU can hang around until the second half, I think that there is a true chance that this game can go into go down to the wire. But I also think, on the other hand, that there's a good chance that Ohio State comes out guns blazing and buries the Horn Frogs early. I think that the only reason I believe that this could be a close game is if TCU takes the lead early and they stave off until halftime because you know what happens with momentum, man. Oh. Momentum is the craziest thing in the world yeah. because you could have a team done and dusted. You get one play that happens right before halftime. That gives you juice going into the locker room. Uh, you come back out on the field. You continue that momentum. So I do. I think it's if it's a close game heading into halftime, then buckle up for that second no half. No doubt. Here's his thoughts on some guys to watch on the Horn Frog sideline. They've got NFL players. They've got pros on their team. Maybe not the best pro. You know, I mean, but they've got pros, and the guy that you would probably want to look at is Jalen Rager, one of their wide receivers. He's a really special kid, a uh, good, nice wide receiver, and some other guys, Ty Summers, a defensive end, who's probably going to be a really good college player, maybe not a pro necessarily, but a good college player. So when you say how does it stack up, it stacks up favorably in terms of talent, but an overall, you know, ability to go out and just know how to win a game. 
probably not there yet. Jalen Rager, who he mentioned last week against SMU, four catches for Boss. 53 yards, 33 a pop. And Kevontae Turpin also had four catches for 64 yards and 16 a pop. So those are the guys that you want to keep your eye on as far as offensive weapon goes. And look, Jalen Rager, he's going to have his hands full because these corners on the outside, Kendall Sheffield, you know, Damon Arnett, Jeffrey Okuda, these are really good corners, probably pros, all three of them. So he's going to have his hands full and the strength of Sean Robinson is his leg. So for him to have to thread some balls in there, Beam, is going to be a challenge, even though Jalen Rager is a really good player. Yeah, Rager and Turpin are the two guys, Maddie, for TCU that you need to watch out for. And what we've been saying all week is you need to make sure you break down in space and don't be made like a fool uh, right. when those guys get the space. Those are your two guys. Turpin and Rager watch are going to be their two guys for TCU. If they get locked down, then TCU stands no chance in right. this game. But if they're running all over the place, maybe we see the same kind of secondary action as we did in the first game against Oregon State, then watch out because this game could get turned on its head in an absolute flip of a flip of a dime. No doubt. Last one here before we hit a quick break. Uh, here's his take on quarterback uh, TCU. TCU quarterback Sean Robinson. I think it's like anytime you play one of these guys is that he can make a play with his feet. And you got a guy when a play breaks down who can make a play with his feet, that's a threat. The question is, does he panic and does he know where to throw it and can he throw it accurately? Like when TCU was really good under Trayvon Boykin in 14 and 15, he was a guy who could make a play on his feet and throw a pass and Josh Doxson would just go get it. He was one of those special guys who could just go get anything. I, I don't know if they have that. As good as Jalen Rager is, he's not Josh Doxson. And that's going to be big. And like I mentioned, the corners, I think, are going to have uh, have their hands full, but I really feel confident in what they'll be able to do. But for Sean Robinson, I think he's going to have a little bit of happy feet. And how can you not? I can't blame him with this D-line hunting him uh, for four quarters. No, and I can't either. It just any time, Matty, that there is a running quarterback, you have to be aware of where he is at all the time all if day. he's flushing the pocket if he's getting out and you know because Ohio State's going to get pressure all right they're going to get pressure they are going to have they are going to make him make plays with his legs yep. and that's where it goes to Greg Schiano and tells you that do they have the right defensive game plan for this game because if you have game planned all week for a running quarterback and you are that confident in your defensive backs that these wide receivers can't get behind you yep. and they can't make big plays, I think TCU's in for a long game. But if you have a special game out of Sean Robinson where he starts running wild and starts breaking down every single play, you know, get 8, 10, 12 yards every time the pocket collapses Can't around happen. him, then it's going to be a long night for Ohio State. Ohio State's second in the country in total offense right now. So this, I think, has the ability to be a up-and-down type of game, but I think the defensive front will end up wearing down TCU's offensive line throughout the game. Before we, We're going to take a quick break here, play some Ryan Day after the break, but before we do that, Beam's got a message from our guys from my bookie. You know, ever since we started this podcast, Maddie, people have been asking us for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. My bookie right now is slammed with new bettors and wants to give the best service possible. If you're willing to wait to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join my bookie and they will match your deposits dollar for dollar. Enter the code locked on 25. That's capital L O C K E D on 25. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. No doubt. This is locked on Buckeyes, your team every day. All right. Well, now I think it's time that we hear from the head of the interim head coach. He's got what? One more game beam. And that's it. One more game. It's kind of sad. It is kind of sad because look, I, I really, I mean, I know you got the OG coming back and you got, you know, one of the goats of college football to do it, but 
I've, I've Maddie, been impressed. I have been very, very impressed with Ryan Day. I mean, even just obviously the stuff that he's doing X and O wise, calling up games and all that stuff's been really good. But man, being you listen to these press conferences, man, when he's taking the podium, he has a presence about him. This guy, what is he, 39, 40 years old yeah. right now, young guy. And I'm telling you, everybody's coming after him this offseason, especially if he steps up tomorrow and really calls a really good game. Here's Ryan Day's take on the TCU uh, big 4 2 5 defense. So if you're 4-3, that means you're three linebackers, and sometimes when you when you put three uh, wide receivers in the game, you can get a mismatch there. What they've done is they take that third linebacker and they make him a hybrid. He's kind of half a safety, half a linebacker. So he's in the run game as a linebacker, but then he also has to cover you know Paris Campbell or K.J. Hill in the slot. Um, and so they ask a lot of him, um, and he's kind of the guy that makes them special. That's the guy they got to make miss. Beamer, whoever it is, Mike Weber, yeah. J.K. Dobbins, you heard a coach right there mention Paris Campbell, K.J. Hill. You make that guy miss, then you're going to eventually break a big play because obviously TCU has a lot of trust in him to cover these guys, and he's obviously a good cover and a good tackler. So he's the guy, that hybrid safety linebacker guy you got to keep your eye on. I really think the specialist, offensive specialist for Ohio State can have big days. Once they break that initial tackle in that first level or that fifth defender, they're going to have some chance to really make some noise. That's exactly what you said. It is the level between your defensive line, your linebackers, and then your secondary. And that little hybrid uh, linebacker safety type, if you make him miss initially, you get him to bite on maybe a play action or you get him to commit to a pass and you end up running the ball because that's the barrier between the second and third level. Usually those linebackers are there. That's kind of, uh, you know, the, that's that's the wall, Matty. Yeah, right. All right, you got the wall in the north, and those linebackers are that. <laughs> you get past those linebackers, and I have all the faith in the world with J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber to make those safeties, make those cornerbacks miss. So you get initially past. Yes. That first level, obviously, is something that you have to get past all the time if you want to make a big play happen. You get past that hybrid player, and I think you could see a lot of big gains out of Ohio State. Would Jerry's world be like King's Landing? Sure. In a southern region down there, oh, yeah. King's Landing. Jerry's kind of the owner, you know. What about it, Carth? Maybe it could be Carth. You the think richest Karth? city that ever, or the greatest city that ever was and that, ever will be. I think we had to put Jerry Jones in throws. I think he'd be a Lannister, though. Really rich, oil money. Like, sure. you know what I'm saying? Like, I could see him being Lannister, and they pay their debts. So, real quick, let's get uh, a couple more clips here. Here's Ryan Day talking about dictating tempo against the Horned Frogs. They're built for uh, tempo. I mean, that's that's what they're built for. You know, in that league and in the way that they designed the defense, you know, they, they handle that very well, so they get the calls in fast. Uh, but we like to play fast. Uh, we think that it gives us an advantage. So, uh, we have to dictate the tempo. We can't let them dictate the tempo, and and that call that comes, you know, as part of practicing that week that way. Look, top twenty defense in the country last year. TCU finished. They were number one in total defense in the Big Twelve last year. This is a different beast for them dealing with Ohio State. But like Coach mentioned right there, I mean, look, they're coming from a conference to where they spread you out. They put up a ton of points. We talk about this all the time when we mention the Big Twelve. So they're not going to be shocked by that. I just happen to think there's some different monsters coming out of that tunnel this week when Ohio State rolls out of there, as opposed to some of what they see in the Big Twelve. No doubt, man. It's just Ohio State has so much firepower uh, at every level on offense. And that's what I said yesterday on the podcast. I'm going to be so interested to see if Ohio State starts to go up-tempo, if if TCU's offense starts to go up-tempo and they start to wear Ohio State's defense down. What is the cat-and-mouse game going to be? Is Ryan Day, Kevin Wilson, and Greg Schiano, are they going to all going to be on a conference call on a headset saying, hey, man, you need to give my defensive guys a break exactly. because they're gassed right now. So you need to go slow tempo. We need to uh, just try and bleed them out a little bit. So that cat-and-mouse game, I think, is the biggest – it's the biggest interlying challenge 
for Ohio State and TCU. No, I like because that. it's going to be a chess matchup. You know that Gary Patterson is a genius. He's yep. a defensive guru. You have young, up-and-coming whiz kid, Ryan Day. There's going to be X's and O's matchups all over the place. And at the end of the day, what matchup is going to favor the Buckeyes? And I do. I think that if you mix some tempo in there, let's say you're plotting along for you know five, six plays, you're kind of getting in the huddle, you're taking your time, and then all of a sudden you get a big big play, and then you yes. run up to the line of scrimmage, bang, hit him over the top, yep. something like that. So that's going to be a huge matchup to watch this weekend. And I, what, what I think is also interesting is, you know Gary Patterson, because Ryan Day, clearly two games as a head coach. What what film has he looked looked at from Ryan Day? Was it his Boston College days? Was it his San Francisco days with Kaepernick? There's not a lot out there. So I'm sure Ryan Day has something up his sleeve that he hasn't shown in the first two games, as well as Gary Patterson defensively. I'm sure what they've shown on film. Oh, very been, vanilla. They've been working on stuff yeah. all offseason for Ohio State. So you're going to see maybe some trick plays, some some special defenses from TCU. Really special? Yeah, maybe a little Philly special. I love that. Maybe the Philly Philly to Dwayne, right? So Dwayne oh, would go out. Or to Tate. That. Or to Tate. Tate would be the guy because Tate's got some sauce, man. He, right. can, he can break you down. Well, we got to hit uh, before one more clip here because I want to get Ryan Day's take on Haskins' vision at quarterback. I think that when you uh, play quarterback, your eyes always have to be in the right spot based on a play. Um, there's so many things that are going on on a defense every play, and you obviously have to see what's going on with the defense in terms of protection first. But then looking at the right spots to trigger your first, second, and third progression. Because on, on certain plays, you know, the, the field safety may have nothing to do with the play. So it's it's the idea of knowing where your eyes need to be. We always have movement keys that start off the progression and then going from there. And the more you can rehearse that in your mind, the better you look during the game. And we've seen this from be, uh, from him, Beam, throughout the first two games. He's been able to sit in that pocket, get through his progressions, is what you love to see from a young quarterback who has athletic ability. Obviously, his strength isn't running. I don't think he loves to run. He wants to stay in there and sling it. And why not when you got a rocket like he has? But to hear it from the coach that he is confident that his guy could stand in that pocket, read the safeties, make his progressions. And also, like we talked about earlier in the week, it's big also that they're giving him the opportunity to change play calls sure. at the line. That's awesome stuff to hear from them. But to hear that he can stick in their beam, he won't panic, he'll read the defense and make the right decisions to make Buckeye fans feel great. That's what you look for in a big-time quarterback, Matty. Um, you know, we lived so long here at Ohio State with JT Barrett, and he would go through his progression so quick. If the pocket was closing down around him, you know, he would scamper for 8 to 10 yards, and that's fine. But now when you're looking at an offense who is really built for – it's built for speed, and it's built to beat you at every single level. Yes. And when you have a guy, a big dude like Dwayne Haskins is, who can stand back into the pocket and is comfortable enough back there, I'm sure has a timer in his head that can look around – and you heard Ryan Day talking there about pre-snap cues, about move movement cues, right. about like which way a guy is leaning, which way the defense is leaning. Maybe you see a defensive lineman, uh, a linebacker kind of shifting one way or another. This is all things that Dwayne Haskins is reading on the fly. So I have the utmost in confidence in him that he can succeed uh, not only in college football but at the next level, but especially – when you're going into this game, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a hell of a game for you. Yeah, Dwayne. I think it's going to be great. We, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back, pick a handful of games, and give you our score for the TCU uh, Horn Frogs versus Ohio State. You are locked on Buckeyes. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts. Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, Beam, we're back here in last segment here. we got a few minutes, and let's pick some of these games mm-hmm. because it's a nice little spread that we have 
going down this weekend. So the big one that we're going to keep our eye on and we're going to keep our eye on this team all year long is the fighting Joe Burrows, ranked 12th right now in the country, going into Auburn. This is going to be an absolute rocking atmosphere down there. Auburn coming in. Tumor's corner, at number six. Absolutely. I got to get down there. That's kind of on my bucket list to yeah, check off too. some SEC, uh, ro- some home games in the SEC. Maybe like the, uh, when the podcast gets big enough, we can just do, we'll do live broadcast. We'll do them on the road. That's so right. keep supporting Locked On Buckeyes podcast so we can make that happen. Look, Joe Burrow, Jarrett Stidham. I don't know if... LSU is explosive enough offensively to keep up with Jared Stidham and company. I think, you know, Auburn's offensive line is a little shaky, but their D-line is nasty. They're going to get after Joe Burrow. So, unfortunately, being I think the Tigers, the Auburn Tigers, are going to get it done this week. I'm rolling with them. Joe Burrow said earlier in the week, it's pretty simple. If you cannot pass the ball, you can't win. So, I need to be able to go out there and throw everything I can at this Auburn Tiger defense. Jordan Hare, that's a tough stadium to go into and win a football game. But I think there's a lot of LSU doubt behind Ed Orgeron, this no-name kid coming over from Ohio State, this grad transfer. Who is this guy? He's shown you nothing but good things in the first two weeks of the season. They housed Miami in the first game of the year. Roll Tigers of LSU variety. Oh, you're going with the purple and yellow. Give me Joey football. Okay, you're going with the purple and yellow. I'll roll with Jared Stidham. And those guys, real quick here, Boise State, number 17, number tw- versus number 24, Oklahoma State. Peterson got another really good team. It looks like he's got a nice little uh, quarterback in Brett Ripien, I believe that's his name, or Ripien, excuse me if I have that incorrect, but he's a solid player. He played pretty well last week against UConn. I caught some of their highlights. I don't know what Oklahoma State is yet. They lose a lot last year with Mason Rudolph and James Washington going to the league. I happen to think that Peterson is the better coach, so I'm rolling with Peterson on the road in Oklahoma State. Give me the Broncos. Give me Mike Gundy. Wow, in the because moment. Because it's Stripe the Stadium Week. He came out in a referee he shirt. He's spilling he smoothies did. all over the place. <laughs> He's adding vodka to that sucker. Anytime I can pick Mike Gundy in a close game, Give me the mullet. And Oklahoma looked, State rules. He looked pretty fit, too, man. He does. Looks like he's he been in the gym fit. a little bit. All right. USC going to Texas. Number two, US, uh, 22 USC, excuse me, led by true freshman quarterback JT Daniels. About that? Who should still be in high school. Yeah. That's absolutely Graduated ridiculous. Early. So give, us, give him about two and a half years, and I'm sure we'll be talking about him going to the league. Look, Tom Herman and his squad, they have, Bad. Not, they have Bad. not looked great at all. But do I trust a true freshman to go into Austin, raucous atmosphere, and take down Tom Herman? I do, because I watched Maryland go into Texas yep. with not a head coach and go in there and absolutely not dominate the game, but it was pretty handily the way they handled the Longhorns. So I'm rolling with the Trojans on this one. No, I am too. Exactly what you said. Texas got beat by Maryland uh, without their head coach, DJ Durkin. And I just think that USC is the superior team. It may take Tom Herman a while to get that thing rolling down at Texas. So give me the Trojans, Matty. I'm with you. All right, last one here. We got Troy. Versus Nebraska. Look, mm. Martinez, he's been a little nicked up. They weren't too happy about a hit cheap that he shot took. by the Buffalo It was a guy. very cheap shot. Look, I think Adrian Martinez is going to be a good quarterback. As a true freshman guy, it looks like he's a real dual threat guy. He can pass and run. This game at home, you know how big the Cornhusker fans, they come out and support like sure. nobody else. It, it is something special, too, up there, what they do on Saturdays. But I'm rolling with Scott Frost in Nebraska, and I don't feel great about it. But I think they're going to squeak by and barely beat Troy. Barely. Give me the Troy Trojans. You're going to do it. Because I heard one Hall of Famer, James Laurinaitis, who is on the broadcast this week, 
talking up the Troy Trojans, watching film study. They went into Death Valley last year and beat LSU. That, that is true. Give me wow. the Troy Trojans. They go into Nebraska. They get things done. All right, here we go. Before we get out of here, Beam, give me your Ohio State TCU score. Give me the Buckeyes 45 TCU 24. I have the Buckeyes 41 to 21. 41. So we're pretty close. 21. Ohio State in Jerry's world. They play pretty well in there. I think they get this thing done. For Matt Hayes, Brandon Bean from 97.1 The Fan. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.